You're listening to Kelly Track is Figuring It Out, a new podcast series by me, Kelly Track. I'm a business coach. I'm the soon-to-be published author of P.S. You're a Genius. And I'm a professional figure-it-outer, or at least that's what I'm going to call it. In this mini-series, we're exploring all those feelings and emotions that come up right before you're about to do something big and how exactly you figure it out along the way. In my case, it's the launch of my very first published book coming this November 2021. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello, hello, hello. I am so stoked to be recording this episode for you for Kelly Track is figuring it out. I have my almond milk latte here. I've been doing pour over coffee in the morning. It's in my like fave, one of my favorite big white mugs. I like a big mug. I don't know about you when you do your coffee or your tea or your morning beverage. I'm like, get me the biggest mug possible. So it's a good morning. I'm feeling good. I feel like I had a really good sleep. I got this great cup of coffee and I'm sitting down to record this episode for you. So everything is good and dandy. In this episode of Kelly Track is figuring it out, I want to talk about how I've been really figuring out imposter syndrome and navigating that and moving through it, especially as it's been rearing its really ugly head around the launch of my first published book. So I want to give you a couple of examples of how it's come up for me. Let's rewind to... Ooh, I'm going to say, yeah, almost a year ago now when I had just got my book deal and I was like just starting to write my book, I was sitting down with one of my longtime best friends from high school and she was asking me about like how I got my book deal and all that kind of good stuff. And I literally said, I don't know how I tricked a publisher into giving me a book deal. Now, one of the ways you might be navigating imposter syndrome is that feeling of like, this was a fluke or this was like a one-time thing. I just got lucky. And she was like, Kelly, you didn't trick a publisher into giving you a book. You like worked for this and you, you know, last time I checked, you pitched like 200 agents to get this. You know, you really put your time into this. This is something you know and teach. And I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and in the back of my head, I was like totally not buying it. I was like, I, I don't know. I pulled some sort of lucky strings. The stars must have been in alignment in the heavens above. I must have had like some lucky, lucky stroke. That's a very classic sign of imposter syndrome. Other ways it's been creeping up for me is in this season now that I'm in, I'm, I'm doing a lot of book marketing, aka me reaching out for speaking engagements and like big speaking engagements. I have one that I just booked at the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center in San Francisco. It's online because it's still um, COVID times, but it's for NASDAQ, like the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. And I remember sending off my pitch email to go give a talk for them. And I remember thinking, as I wrote my little bio, so when I'm pitching, there's a little, you know, a little quick pitch I'm writing to people, right? Because, you know, you got to make it short and sweet because nobody wants a long email. And I say, hey, I'm Kelly Track. I'm a four-time entrepreneur. I'm a business coach. And I'm the published author of P.S. You're a Genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts, even when you feel like you have none, coming November 23rd, 2021. Now, when I would write this sentence out, I was almost like... It was almost, it felt like, like how do I describe it? It was like, ha ha ha, like, <laughs> okay, like, <laughs> this is like a joke, but like, okay, I guess this is my title. It's a feeling of like, wow, this sounds really good, but like, am I really that good? Like, I don't know. Am I just like giving myself like a big marketing title? I don't know. I was like, this sounds almost like too legit to be me. And I had to really catch myself every time that came up because I was like, 
okay, Kelly, I'd have to like talk to myself in my grown up voice in my head. <laughs> and I'd be like, Kelly, you have had four businesses. Okay. You are a business coach. You do have a book coming out this year. Like these are all real things. Okay. <laughs> and I have to like, almost like, it's like, I'm talking my, like in my head, obviously like my mind is like freaking out like a small child. And it's like, my higher self has to come in and like pat it on the head. And it's like, they're there. You're going to be okay. It's no big deal. This is fine. You're doing a good job. You're just getting a little bit freaked out. And that's been just another way I've been really noticing this imposter syndrome come up is like one of the things that you might experience with imposter syndrome is sort of this feeling of like people are going to quote unquote find you out or like discover that you're not like as great as you are. And that's always kind of like a fear of like, you know, especially going into this book, I'm like, am I legitimate enough to like write this thing? Like, am I really good enough to have a book coming out this year? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I, I like I really I really think that I really uh, worry about that and that's such like an honest that's an honest thought off my head like am I good enough to do this like and then it comes down to other things like this is the stuff the mind and the ego kind of spins out about it's like do I know my stuff really well like do I actually know how to find somebody's genius and then I start second guessing my abilities even though I've done it a million times and then I like have this like strange worry that I'm gonna be put on the spot to like find somebody's genius and I just won't be able to find it. <laughs> <laughs> which I know sounds really dumb when I say it out loud, but it's like a legit fear of mine that I've had to like work through. I don't know. That's just something that the mind likes to do. It's like those stories. Maybe you feel like this too in your business or when you're creating something or launching something that you think, oh my God, what if I get my first client and I just don't know what to say? Or like, what if I forget everything in my head? Or are people going to take me seriously? Like, do I have enough expertise? Or if you do get a client or you've been booking several clients, you're like, was this a fluke? Was this like a one-time thing? Did I just like get lucky? Will I never get this again? Those are all sort of signs of imposter syndrome. And I've just had to be really diligent with my mindset when it comes up. Other ways that the imposter syndrome has been coming up for me is when I see like my book listed on websites. So for example, like barnesandnoble.com or Amazon or Indigo Books here in Canada, like major retailers, books a million in the US. When I see it on major retailers and it's like my author bio and it's my book. <laughs> How do I describe this feeling? Um, it's like an excited feeling, but it's also like, are you, sh are you sure? Like, like I, I literally think people are going to like, people are going to like buy this. Like they're going to click on this and they're going to like want to go through checkout and buy this. It weirdly feels like it's almost surreal. And then I see like on Amazon, it'll be like readers also read. And then it shows me all these super popular authors. You know what I mean? Like the people that would come up under, you know, popular self-help books or like businessy based books. And then I see all their books and like their, you know, thousand five-star reviews on Amazon and their glowing reviews. And these are like huge names, whether it's like Mel Robbins's book or the latest thing by like Malcolm Gladwell or like Jen Sincero's books or Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Like I start seeing these titles and I'm like, I really get into like self-comparison and I start thinking, oh my gosh, well, these people are so good. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like when I think about me and where my book is compared to like them and their book, I'm like, we're like worlds apart. And I really get into that self-comparison trap. And it's sort of like 
maybe you feel like this in your own business or your own work or your own creative pursuits where it's like you've created something and it's good and you're like, I'm really proud of this. This is amazing. And then you kind of like look at somebody else's and you're like, oh, holy crap, they did it totally different. And it's like, theirs is really good. And all of a sudden it makes it feel like yours is not that great. <laughs> That's sometimes what I worry about or think about when I see my book up on different retailer sites. I literally think like, am I good enough to be here? Like, I don't know. I was like, if people read these great books from all these other all-stars, am I like really in the competitive set with them? Like I kind of have those sorts of fears and doubts. So I want to read through some of the hallmark markers of imposter syndrome in case you maybe relate to it or resonate with it. So firstly, you might be taking on a ton of extra work in order to showcase that you are doing it all. Maybe you look, you're like at a season where you want to have like everything on the about page of your website. You've been featured in all these publications. You've like talked at all these places. You have all of these great success stories. And it's sort of like this never ending cycle of wanting to build and build and build because in your mind, you're like, I will only be good when I have X, Y, and Z. And it's this feeling of what I have and all of my success so far is just not enough. Like it just needs to be more and more and more and more. Sometimes I get into this trap too, where I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I've got the success stories and I've got all the courses and I'm like, you know what I need? I need more speaking gigs. Yeah. I need more speaking gigs. Or like, you know what? I need more press features. I need that little banner on my site that says featured in like Inc and entrepreneur and like Forbes. Obviously this is my ego talking and it's, you know, the, the mind being like, well, we need more in order to appear legitimate. Um, you know what I mean? It's that fear that you're, you're not legitimate and that you are not good enough as is. So you need to keep doing more and keep having everything on like the resume in order to really overcompensate for sort of that, that underlying fear of not enoughness. Another hallmark feature of the imposter syndrome is really having this fear that somebody is going to spot your inadequacy or like totally call you out for like not having the certifications or like not being good enough. And you're sort of always afraid that somebody is almost going to like shine this light on you and catch you. It, it kind of almost feels like, I know for me, it almost feels like you're like slinking around almost like, like a criminal at night, like a robber. And you're just, you know, you're just creeping around and then you worry that some police is going to like flash a spotlight on you and like catch you in the, in the alley trying to like break into the house. That's what sometimes it feels like when you have imposter syndrome. It's sort of like, oh my God, are people going to figure it out? Like, am I going to get caught? Like, am I really meant to be here? That kind of, that kind of energy. So for example, in your business, you might feel like, oh my God, are people going to be like, oh, well, maybe you don't have enough like qualifications or maybe you need more like professional experience or are you really like, are you really able to do this? And you have this sort of fear and this worry that maybe you'll work with a client and then they'll say this or you'll be in a consult call and they'll ask you some sort of question um, and you won't be able to give them the answer that they want. I used to feel like this a lot in the early days of business coaching because people sometimes would ask, did you go to coaching school? And I would always say no. And this for me felt like the moment where I was always like sort of like slinking around, hoping that nobody would like really get, catch on to the fact that I never went to coaching school because it felt, I don't know, so many other people had gone. And because I didn't go, I kind of felt weird about it. I don't feel weird about it now. I actually have a whole chapter inside of PS Your Genius about why you don't need to go to school for your genius and why self-taught folks can be some of the best masters. And I've really changed my perspective on 
traditional schooling. I mean, awesome if you have it, but if you don't, I feel like your, your genius can take you just as far. But that was something I used to get hung up on a lot is me not having any qualifications, quote unquote, to do business coaching. Um, and that was sort of what I felt like I was always like tiptoeing around to make sure that like potential clients on console calls weren't going to ask me about that. Or I would really think about what I would say if somebody did. And believe me, people did. And I mean, the irony is that literally, I don't think I've ever had a client turn me down because I didn't go to coaching school. Another sign of imposter syndrome might look like not raising your hand for an opportunity because you don't meet every single requirement and feeling like you just don't have enough stuff to please the interviewer or the employer or whatever it is. So maybe for you, that looks like in your business or your work, you're like, you know what? So-and-so is looking for a coach and they want to work on these three things, but I can really only help them with two out of three. So I'm not going to reach out and be like, Hey, I can help you. Or maybe you see a job posting for um, a company that's looking to hire mindfulness and meditation teachers to lead workshops. And you worry, Oh, well they want a certain type of course taken, or they want a certain type of experience, or they want a certain number of years doing this prior. Maybe they want three years of experience and maybe you only have one year of experience and you have a bit of a different certification that you took, or maybe you are self-taught, so you therefore don't apply. Another sign of imposter syndrome is kind of always feeling like, this is what I hear a lot from my friends at corporate jobs. It's sort of like, how did I get here? I'm like the dumbest person on this team. Everybody else is so much better than me and so much smarter than me. I like... I don't know. And you always compare yourself to others and compare yourself to your peers and you see them as like really far ahead and you feel like really behind. So maybe in your business, you feel like, oh my gosh, so-and-so has an amazing course and that course is so established and people are buying it like hotcakes. Who's going to want to buy from me? Like if I put my course out or maybe you're launching a podcast and you know, you really admire three other popular podcasts and they have over like, you know, 2 million downloads each. And you're like, who is ever going to listen to me if these podcasts are so good and established? It's that sort of same feeling of kind of eyeing yourself up against the competition and feeling like, oh, how will I ever compare? And that's sometimes how I was feeling around my book when I would see my book listed in the competitive set with other popular New York Times bestselling authors that would come up as like other readers who bought this also bought this. Um, and I'd be like, um, like really like me? Like, are you sure? Like these books are really good. Like what the heck? Are you sure PS your genius is like in that set? You know, it is that kind of feeling. Another major sign of imposter syndrome is really like you shrugging off your accomplishments and you kind of acting like what you have done is really no big deal. And then sometimes it also looks like, how do I describe this? It's sort of like, yeah, I have maybe life experience or good experience, but like, I don't know, it's no big deal. Or this feeling of like, it could have been better or like I could have more, you know what I mean? It kind of defaults to that. I could have more stuff on my resume, but you're really kind of downplaying your stuff or downplaying your accomplishments and like not talking about yourself in the highest light. So for example, maybe in your business, you are always like, yeah, like, you know, I, um, I do some coaching and I, I, I write a little bit on the side and you really downplay your writing. Maybe you are a published writer and maybe you write for like a major publication or maybe you have like a major column, but you downplay it and you're like, oh, I'm just, you know, I, ju I just do some writing on the side. So for me, I only started recently telling people that I work as a business coach and an author. And even when I say author, <laughs> 
<laughs> sometimes it sometimes feels weird still i'm like um <laughs> yeah okay i'm an author too business coach i can say business coach but like author kind of still is in a phase where it feels weird to say out loud I've had to genuinely practice out loud telling people that I am a published author and my first published book is coming out this November and like actually adding it to sentences when I talk about what I do and not be weird about it and not get in my head about it and just literally practice saying it out loud. So it kind of just goes into my regular lexicon. So when somebody asks me what I do, I say that I am a business coach and I am a published author. So another sign of imposter syndrome is having sort of more like irrational fears of the future and like what could happen. So this I know has definitely come up for me and I kind of talked about it before. I have this like weird worry, obviously when my mind is just sort of <laughs> left to its own devices, I worry that I'm going to gonna get some like amazing TV segment to talk about PS, you're a genius and somebody's going to put me on the spot and be like, okay, cool, find my genius. And I'm going to be like, uh, 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 and like, you know, the TV is going to be live and we're all going to be recording. And there I am on like national television blanking and not being able to find somebody's genius. And then I don't know, that's like a weird fear I've had. <laughs> Maybe you felt like this too, where you worry that you're going to just blank in a consult call, or you're going to have an opportunity to maybe speak on stage and talk about something. And you are just going to totally clam up or maybe you're going to do a big workshop that you've been working towards and, and say something wrong or mess it up or, you know, just not deliver it in the way you want to deliver it. And you have this fear that it's going to go wrong or that people are, you know, not going to like you or you've, you've messed it up or you've said something wrong or you've mistaught the way you teach it. Um, and you have that sort of fear and you have that worry that something's going to go wrong, even though there's like a 99% chance that won't happen, but your mind really dwells on it. Another sign of imposter syndrome is a fear that you won't be able to live up to expectations. And I know I definitely had this when I wrote my book. So with my proposal, it was like a 50 page document and I loved my proposal. I thought it was so good. When you do a book proposal, everything is written in the tone of your writing style. So it was a very funny and upbeat and um, quirky tone, just like the pages of P.S. You're a genius. And I am also very good at marketing and selling things. That's like one of my best gifts. So of course I know how to pitch and sell. I, uh, I'm, I'm naturally great at that. And so I put together an amazing proposal and that proposal is truly what was instrumental in me booking, or not booking, getting a literary agent and then me getting a book deal really quickly because the proposal I believe was super strong. And I remember thinking when I got the news that I got a book deal, I thought, oh crap, I have to write this thing. Like, oh no, like my proposal was so good. Maybe like I oversold it. Like maybe I'm just like a really great marketer and I don't even know how to write this thing. Like, and I remember feeling like, what if I can't live up to expectations? Like what if this proposal is so good in the book, it just sucks when I write it. And obviously, you know, after I finished writing the book and after I handed it in, I took a peek back at that old proposal and I thought, wow, this proposal just pales in comparison to how good the book was. And it was just all in my own head. But I definitely had that fear that I would not be able to live up to the expectation I had set in the proposal. So maybe you feel like that too, or maybe you have that worry that you won't be able to meet expectations or that you won't be able to come through and deliver. Overachieving is another hallmark sign of imposter syndrome. I think that one really shows up with especially us in the entrepreneurial space or those of us who are like soon to be entrepreneurs or creatives or creators, us, I think wanting to just like do all the things and like jam pack the resume. 
Another sign that you might be struggling with imposter syndrome is really attributing your success to external factors, saying things like, oh, I just got lucky or, you know, right place, right time, or I don't know, I just happened to get these three consult calls all on the same day on a whim. It's sort of when you say that other things have created your success versus saying like, no, like I actually did this. I was actually talking to one of my friends last night who has a very successful company and is a very successful founder. And he was telling me about all of his previous startups and he used to live in Silicon Valley. And he was talking about his one that was actually a hit. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, it was right place, right time. I got really lucky. It ended up being a product that people wanted. And that was it. And I was really thinking, well, (laughs) I know a thing or two about businesses and entrepreneurship and it's yeah, those are factors for sure. Like you've got to have a product that is in alignment with the market and delivering on the market demands of the current conditions, but also you are so bright and you made it happen and you got it off the ground and you took action. And this is a lot more about you versus like luck. Another sign of having imposter syndrome is having very immense perfectionistic tendencies and only wanting to release something if it's perfect and really keeping yourself to this very high level of success and this really high score. And it's almost like, unless it's 10 out of 10, you can't launch it, you can't make it live, you can't release it. It has to be perfect. Every I has to be dotted and every T has to be crossed. And if it's not 10 out of 10, it's zero. This I know is something I used to struggle with a lot growing up. I had much more of like a black and white mindset where it had to be very much like all or nothing. It had to be perfect or I wouldn't do it. I've actually really grown out of my perfectionistic tendencies. Now I'm like, I need to just get shit out of the door and like, (laughs) it's gonna be whatever it is. But maybe for you, this comes up in, you know, you are making a new podcast and you re-record your first episode 10 times and you're still not happy with it. And you're like, this needs to be perfect in order for me to release it. Or maybe you want to build an online course and you have been sitting on the curriculum for maybe a year now and you've been tweaking the ideas and you've been cutting, you know, stuff out and like scratching different stuff and adding different stuff. And you're like, I will not make this course until I master this curriculum and I get it all down. And I've just, I just got to make it perfect before I start. The only time the perfectionistic tendency really popped up for me around my book was when my editor, uh, Katie Dickman, who is very amazing to work with at Ben Bella, she was like, okay, Kelly, this is like, this was the email that was like, last call for editorial changes. Otherwise, it's just grammar changes from here on out. And then we're going to print. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this is my last opportunity to change any content. And I went through that document word by word. I read through everything and I was like, does this make sense? Is this clear? Is this good enough? And I had that moment of like, literally like, this is like last call at the bar. I mean, I don't even drink anymore, but you know what I mean? That That's sort of like, that's it guys. Last call if you want, <laughs> last call if you want a beer. Um, but that's when my like perfectionistic old tendencies had kind of reared their head. And I remember sending an email to her being like, yeah, I don't know if like chapter five is good. I feel like maybe I should like just totally overhaul it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it now. Um, and then she kind of sent me like a nice note being like, I feel like, I feel like everything's kind of like good. I feel like you should just like stick it out there. She's like, you know, every author is going to want to tweak their book a million times, but there comes a point where you just have to like be done and like hand it over. And I think that's really why publishers give you deadlines. And if you don't meet your deadlines in publishing, you can lose your deal. And I feel like that makes so much sense because otherwise I would be looking at that thing 
a lot, right? I would just keep looking at it. Like if I honestly had a year, if my deadline was a year to write my book, I would spend probably every single day for a year tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. But when they only gave me four months, I was like, well, at the four month mark, we're going to have to wrap up and it's just going to be whatever it is. And I think that's just so helpful, which is PS, a tip. This is something I talk about inside of PS, you're a genius is just like, Tight deadlines are one of the secrets to getting your work and your genius out the door because you can't be perfectionistic about it and you just are like trying to meet the deadlines. Another sign that you might be having imposter syndrome is setting very high big goals for yourself and then getting really hard on yourself when you don't deliver or you don't achieve them. Now, this is like a delicate one, I feel like, because I am all for big goals and big things. But I definitely remember times in my business and maybe you feel like this too. You set, you know, maybe this huge income goal that you want to hit. See, for example, you're making consistently 5k months, 5k months. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I want to make 25k months. And then you don't make a 25k month and then you get bummed. You probably should say, okay, I've been making 5k months. Why don't I aim for 8k months? And then why don't I aim for 10k months? And then 12 and then 15 and then maybe 18 and then maybe 20 and then maybe 25. Like looking at it more as a gradual build and a gradual growth over time versus trying to get the hockey stick curve as we talk about it in business school, where it just like literally like your growth looks like a hockey stick where it goes like up into the right really quickly. So maybe you've been experiencing that in your business where you kind of want to set these huge goals and then you just sort of get really bummed that you don't achieve them. So I want to tell you some of the things that have been really helping me navigate the imposter syndrome as it's been creeping up during this book launch phase of my life. So the very first thing that I have been really doing is talking to a friend and just sort of getting almost like a third party's opinion on situations or just when I like hear one of my friends say something back to me and it really helps me come back home. So for example, I was kind of telling one of my best friends, his name is Michael, about me feeling, you know, when I send pitch emails and I say that I'm like a four-time entrepreneur and a business coach and a published author, it just sort of feels like (laughs) kind of a joke, if that makes sense. And he was just like, Kelly, He's like, every single time you have that little fear in the back of your head, he's like, remind yourself that you have a publishing house putting your books on a bookshelf and you have like a very unique lived experience and you have interesting stories to share. And it was just like, okay, right. Like, okay, if other people see this, okay, it must be true. (laughs) It must be better than whatever my mind is making it out to be. So sometimes it's just like me talking to a friend and just sort of working through those feelings and just hearing what they have to say. So the second thing that I've been doing is practicing with folks in real time and telling people that I'm a published author and talking about my book. Now, I know this sounds really like cheesy and like a weird tip, yet it's been really helping. Every single time I meet somebody new or I go on a date or I am telling somebody about my work, I make sure to say I'm a published author. I talk about my book and I practice being confident talking about it and The more I talk about it and the more I discuss it, the more it feels real. And I remember feeling like this as well in the early days of when I was doing, back in the day when I was doing like life coaching, I would just practice telling people when people asked what I did, I was like, I'm a life coach, I'm a life coach. And after a while, it kind of rolls off the tongue easier and you kind of 
have an easier time embodying it. So maybe this looks like for you telling folks what you do and what your title is. And even if you're at a dinner party or you are on a group Zoom call or you are at a speed networking event or speed dating event, whatever it is, you practice saying what you are, especially in those like tiny scenarios. So for say, for example, like if, you know, the dentist asks you what you do, practice telling them essentially in all these little scenarios where it doesn't really count slash matter so that when you do have an event that matters, so say for example, you are on the phone with a consult call with a potential client, or you are talking to a workshop host and you're, you know, talking about you potentially doing a workshop in those situations, you can confidently say, I do blank. And you're not like, I do blank or like, yeah, I like, I do this. You're like saying it with confidence because you've had a lot of practice saying it out loud and like essentially owning that identity in public. I've had so many clients over the years where I give this to them as advice, where it's like, you have to tell people that this is your job. Like you have to go into the world and say this. Anytime anybody asks what you do, you say this. I'm a life coach. I am a business coach. I am a money coach. Um, I am a blogger. I am a YouTuber. Like whatever it is that you do, you say that when somebody asks and you practice doing it again and again and again until it is like your identity, almost as if like you on the inside matches up with like who you present to the world as, and it's like the same identity, right? So that's, that's, that's something that I've been doing now, but with the book. So the third thing I have been doing is only taking quote unquote, like accolades or like extracurricular things. If it feels 10 out of 10 fun. So what do I mean by this? So if I'm going to be pitching myself for speaking gigs, I am only pitching to the speaking gigs that feel 10 out of 10 awesome. If there's any like ego in it or any part of my mind, that's like, I should really pitch here because this would be like a great name to put on my website. I'm like, no, immediately. No, it has to feel like a 10 out of 10 true, like sacral generator. Hell yes. And really only doing things if it's fun and aligning and it has that 10 out of 10. Hell yes. Otherwise I know it's my ego trying to convince me to do things or I don't know, get stuff for the quote unquote resume or indirectly trying to like make myself look even more credible by being like, I've been featured in all these magazines and I've spoken in all these places. So really using your, um, kind of like your soul, your heart, your gut, your intuition, whatever you feel like is the word that resonates with you most, letting that make choices for you. And if you do have opportunities, it's like, or you're pitching yourself for opportunities, it's going with what feels intuitively right versus what the ego and the mind might be tricking you into doing. And that has been something that I've I've really had to navigate because that imposter syndrome will always say to you things like you need more, or you got to put more stuff on the resume in order for people to take you seriously. And you need more accolades and more accomplishments. So in order to get out of that trap, use that compass of like fun and alignment and joy. The fourth thing that I've been really leaning on is like really listening and absorbing kind words and compliments. This can be hard for us sometimes, especially if we're used to always kind of brushing things off or dismissing nice words. Next time somebody says something nice to you about your work or maybe how you've helped them or you get a client testimonial, really absorb it. Like really take a second and feel it. And remember that like you are great. There's people out there that love you. You have got friends that think the world of you. You've got cheerleaders and fans. Um, and if nobody in your life is a cheerleader and fan, just remember that I am your cheerleader and I'm your fan. And whenever you get any nice words, really feel them. Don't brush them off. So this came up for me actually yesterday. I was on a call with a former client and we were talking about 
two years ago, she had came to me wanting to start a business and oh my God, it's going to make me emotional and choked up. She wanted to start a business because she eventually, you know, wanted to have a family and have a business that would allow her flexibility to take time off and have a family. Um, and then here we are two years later and she's pregnant. She has a thriving business. She's getting like so many incoming requests for her work. And it was just a moment where, I don't know. I really remembered that like, this makes me sad. This makes me want to cry. It really remembers that like the work that I do is really helpful for people. And that, um, you know, sometimes I doubt that like I can, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, when you're busy making content, by yourself. <laughs> I'm literally like recording this podcast, you know, alone in my room. And sometimes I wonder, especially even after writing all my book, my whole book, I'm like, I really hope this helps somebody. Like, I just hope it helps at least one person because when you're not in like a, in an arena where you're getting that return from the audience or like, you know, I'm not like on a stage where people are like clapping or cheering or like reacting. You don't know. It's like so one-sided. And as an entrepreneur, you spend so much time putting out this content or putting out social media content or doing all this work and you don't really hear much in return. But when you do have those moments where you do hear something, let yourself feel that and remember that you are doing really important work. And there are people that really love your genius and really appreciate what you're doing in the world. So whenever I get in my head about stuff, this is the kind of thing I reflect on. Actually, let me tell you a funny story. So I was on a date. It was a first date and it was the last date with this guy. And we were talking about how my book is going to take two years from start to finish, essentially, in order for it to get published, right? From the date I started writing the proposal to like the date of when it comes out, we are literally looking at a two-year timeline. And he was saying to me like, you know, you spent all this time pitching and getting an agent and then writing the book. And, you know, this is two years. He's like, what if the book doesn't work out? Like, what if you don't make any money? Like, won't it be like two years where you've just sort of sunken in all this time and it doesn't go anywhere? He's like, have you ever thought about that? And, um, for a moment I was like, Jesus crap. What if he's right? Like, what if this book goes nowhere? What if nobody buys it? What if I spent all this time and it just doesn't do anything? And I think in those moments when you feel like you've been putting in the work and putting in the time to like really like do your genius and really do the work you're born to do and you're just sinking in all this time and you have those moments of self-doubt, really reflect on if you've gotten any kind words or even if your friends are like, you're doing a great job, really relish in those compliments. Um, and if you have client testimonials, like reread those. Sometimes on my days that I wonder if my stuff is good, I go back and I literally read the success stories page on my website. And um, yeah, it can make me, it literally can make me cry. It just remembers, I just have to remember that like I have helped people and um, I'm so proud of them. And people have businesses that maybe wouldn't have happened unless we work together. And I was like a part of that. And I literally have to go back and remember that every single time I doubt my abilities or I doubt if I can do it, or I feel like, you know, what's the point I'm putting all this time into something. I really, I don't even know if this is going to work really. When you feel that imposter syndrome, remember all of the kind words that you have received over the years in any kind of shape or form, clients, friends, all that good stuff. So I think that's a good place to put a bow on this episode. Let's do a recap of just the four things that have been really helping me navigate this season of coming up against this new level of imposter syndrome with the book coming out. Number one, talking to a friend and just having that reminder that I am more credible than whatever my mind is spinning out on and whatever my ego is giving me a hard time about. 
your good friends know you really well and will be able to kind of help you get back into the right mindset when you forget how great your genius really is. Number two, practice saying what you do out loud. I've been practicing telling people that I'm a published author and just saying it until it's no longer weird. <laughs> Number three, I've only been taking the quote unquote like accolades slash opportunities only if it's 10 out of 10 fun and aligning and really using fun and joy and alignment as a guiding compass versus letting my ego trick me into thinking I need to do all the things in order to be credible in order for more people to take me seriously and buy my book, which, you know, we all know is just the ego doing its regular stories. And number four, I've been listening to the kind words when I get them. And I've been remembering that my work is impactful and I do help people find their genius and it has served folks and I've been instrumental and it's just, yeah, just remembering those successes and remembering those nice words and really leaning on that in times when you doubt yourself and you doubt the process. So that's the show for you today. I hope you liked this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it served you or helped you in some type of way. Thanks so much for listening to my show. I so appreciate you being here. And hey, if you want to order your copy of P.S. You're a Genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts, even when you feel like you have none, you can pre-order it today at kellytrack.com books. That's kellytrack.com books. I hope my book finds its way to your doorstep this November 2021. Alrighty, catch you back here soon. Adios.